Good morning. Welcome to Williams Lake Salvation Army live stream. Welcome to our time when we separate ourselves for the holy purposes, for the grasping of the truth of God, for coming into companionship with Him, and also when we dig into His Word, into His truth, and get some glimpse, some bits of, uh, of those precious uh, understanding moments getting more knowledge, getting more and deeper relationship with Him. And we are still in our journey with Gospel of Mark, but before I will start uh, my message, let us remember about our brothers and sisters who are not doing well. Some of them are struggling with physical diseases, uh, illnesses, some of them just emotionally down, and some of them facing opposition, spiritual opposition in their addictions. Father God, I just lift up before you every brother and sister, everyone whom we know, maybe they not yet in a covenant with you, but they are still precious to you. We lift them up before you and we pray that you will open new doors of opportunities for them, new horizons of your wellness, of your abundance, of your future. You will strengthen their hope and their focus on you, Jesus, and, and you will help them to navigate in a, in a correct direction their path in order to be in eternity with you, in order to be joyful and fully surrounded by your presence, Father God. We pray for those who have been offended or embittered by different circumstances. Let them release and just forgive those who uh, haven't been right with them, and let them come into your presence even now with thanksgiving in their hearts, Father God. In your precious name, Jesus, I'm praying. And I'm also praying that you will commit us fully into your word, into your truth, and help us to grasp what you want to give to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, we're still in our journey with Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, and we continue uh, the topic which we touched yes, uh, last week about Aharit Hayamim, about end times events, about last times time events, about uh, what will happen during the last days. And I called today's message, Be on guard. Be on guard. That's actually Jesus' words, what he commanded to his disciples, and also to us, of course, as well. So, be on guard. Today we will talk about tribulation the final tribulation which will come upon the faith of the earth and this tribulation time will test our faith will test our commitment and our and our hope which we placed in jesus into his kingship and into eternity with him so the word tribulation came from the latin word tribulum tribulum in ancient roman it is an ancient roman sledge for threshing so tribulations are connected with the threshing, but not threshing of the fields, but instead threshing of our souls, of who we are, in order to separate precious bits of faith and commitment from the wits of egotism, from the wits of self-will, from the wits of self-plans. Uh, so our self will be separated from the precious part in us which is fully committed to Jesus. An ancient Roman sledge for threshing, a broad, heavy board set with many teeth of stone or iron. 
sometimes they are also used spikes which are cultivated the soil and separated as I said seeds from the weeds threshing means to separate seed from a harvested plant mechanically to strike repeatedly to strike repeatedly so there are prophecies about stars will be falling from heaven repeatedly so it will be kind of uh, asteroids rain which will heavily heavily shake the earth and cause such terrifying terrible disasters which are compared with a nuclear war so tribulations now let us define what tribulations is tribulations it is distress or suffering resulting from oppression or persecution sometimes in our countries in some countries in this world there are still people suffering because of oppression and persecution of authoritative dictatorship or, or some wicked authorities also it is a trying experience as I said during tribulations our faith will be under trial we will experience certain tests of our faith of course there are some Christians believe that they will be raptured to heaven and they would not even see those tribulations but that's a false theory so let's see what Christians believe in the view of some I'm talking about some Christians of course in the view of Christian eschatology do you remember eschaton it is about last time events or last days or Hebrew word aharit hayamim aharit hayamim last days so in view of Christian eschatology the tribulation is a relatively short period of time where everyone will experience worldwide hardships persecution disasters famine war pain and suffering which will affect all of creation and precede judgment of all when the second coming of Jesus Christ takes place and now we see that there are some gradation in, in Christian in Christianity some pre-tribulationists some Christians who consider themselves as pre-tribulationists believe that those who choose to follow God Jesus Christ will be ruptured before tribulation and thus escape it on the other hand some post-tribulationists post-tribulationists other Christians who believe the rapture is synonymous with the resurrection that takes place after tribulations believe Christians must endure the tribulation as a test of their faith I believe this view is more biblical because it is grounded in many places in scriptures where we where there is there are sayings that our faith will be tested according to dispensationalists another group of Christians who hold the futurist view the tribulation is thought to occur before the second coming of Jesus and during the end times during the Aharit Chayamim as I said in this view the tribulation will last seven prophetic Hebrew years and every year lasts 360 days in all but the great tribulation will be the second half of the tribulation period we could see that in Gospel of Matthew chapter 24 verse 15 and Matthew chapter 24 verse 21 showing the great tribulation is after the abomination of desolation 
which marks the midpoint of the tribulation. I believe that it is more biblically grounded. This last view, which I just read to you, is more biblically grounded. And a good question is, are you, are we prepared to survive the final storm? Within the messages in Gospel of Mark 13 and Gospel of Luke 21, Jesus speaks about a survival guide to believers who have to exist during the Great Tribulation times or final Holocaust. Some scholars compare it with Holocaust. For us today, Christ's words are a call to be ready for the onset of the worst time in history. And in some sense, the climate of the tribulation is already here. Are we prepared to survive the storms before the final storm? Several years ago, across the world, dignitaries marked the 60th anniversary of the liberation of the grisly death camp complex called Auschwitz, concentration camp. Hitler's Holocaust, horrible as it was murdering over six million Jews alone, pales, pales when compared to the final Holocaust, to the Great Tribulation. Briefly, here are the facts. About 1.5 million people died at Auschwitz, of whom about 1.2 million were Jewish people. That means that one-fifth of the six million Jews exterminated by Hitler and his regime died in this complex. Other groups of people who died included Polish political prisoners, Soviet prisoners of war, gypsies, people with disabilities, and prisoners of conscience or religious faith. The complex contained three camps and at least 36 sub-camps which were built outside the town of Oswiecim in Polish language on an isolated 40 square kilometer site between 1940 and 1942. There is an incredible comparison that can be drawn from Auschwitz and the Great Tribulation. Most scholars see the first half of the seven-year final period of the Earth's history to be relatively normal. It is the second half that seems to have the incredible destruction, demon armies and death. So, in Bible terms, the Great Tribulation lasts approximately 3.5 years, or 42 months. Auschwitz opened its doors to death by gas chamber on September 3, 1941. The advance of the Soviet army closed down the camp on January 27, 1945. The death camp of the Holocaust was operating for 3.5 years, or 42 months. So the death camp at Auschwitz and the Great Tribulation lasts almost exactly the same length of time. That is where the comparison stops. The final Holocaust or Great Tribulation is so terrifying, so deadly, so inescapable that God personally steps in to stop it, lest none one human be left alive. Can you imagine how terrifying it is? Events of the Tribulation. In the Great Tribulation, 2.5 million die every day for 42 months. 2.5 million people. In Auschwitz, less than a thousand died each day. Still terrifying. 
that means 200 2500 times as many people die every day at the time of the great tribulation or to put it in auschwitz terms the number of people that died every day at auschwitz will die every 30 seconds in the great tribulation or in other terms living on earth will be like living in an auschwitz death camp and in death toll there will be the equivalent of an auschwitz holocaust twice a day for 42 months a brief look through the pages of revelation chapter 6 8 9 and 16 describes the living hell of destruction here are only a few of the dreadful disasters that take place during the tribulation one out of every two people will die during the tribulation see revelations chapter 6 verse 8 and onward some through the ravages of war others by starvation and amazingly many others by the beasts of the earth so whether by death that comes instantly and thus less dreaded or a slow and painful death that is lingering and agonizing 50 percent of all people will die the world's population was six billion four hundred fifteen million five hundred seventy four thousand one hundred seventy six yesterday so that means at least 3,207,500,000 people will die. Terrifying statistic. That amounts to just about 11 times the current population of the United States. Can you imagine that? And remember that the population of the world is doubling every 39.5 years. So every day the number of people who will die becomes larger and larger one-third of all vegetation will be burned up all grass every tree everything green will be destroyed revelation chapter 8 verse 7 so nature will suffer as well the sun and the moon will be darkened as nature goes into revolt revelation 8 verse 12 the gates of hell will open and hordes of locusts the size of horses will come upon the earth those locusts will be allowed to sting men like scorpions and the pain will last for five months the bible says men will beg god to let them die but they will not die revelation 9 verses 3 through 6. there will be worldwide famine unlike anything the world has ever seen roman revelation chapter 18 verse 8. there will be a world war so bloody that the blood of those killed in battle will flow for 200 miles up to the bridle of a horse in the valley of jezreel this will be the final battle of armageddon revelation chapter 14 verse 20. all told during the great tribulation as many as half of all people on earth will be killed in luke 21 we see the end of everyone's life as it was time stops life ends nothing is the same again christ's coming simply reveals what people have been all the time paul tells us later that each man's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it this day final day will disclose it first corinthians 3 verse 13. remember what we have already learned from luke 21 36 watch therefore be on guard you remember we've just read 
Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Says to us, look in his gospel. <clears throat> Why did I read that? I took that from Christian site, crosswalk.com. So, uh, why did I read that? Because it is terrifying information to make us aware and to be vigilant and open for God's guidance and for God's discipline and for God's encouragement through His Word. Now, we come to our main text, which is taken from Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 14 through 23. It is about... Uh, Jesus' description of the final days or tribulation period. I call this uh, slide the abomination of desolation. You know what interesting? I just discovered by myself that Jesus personified this abomination of desolation. He calls him he. It's not just a sequence of events. It is a person. I believe it is Satan himself or at least one of his destructive general, destroyer, who will come into the area, into the holy site of the temple area, into the Mount Sion. Mount Sion. Do you remember how the temple mount is called? Mount Sion. It is one of the most holiest place on planet Earth. So what Jesus says, they will be staying a destroyer on that mountain. When you see said Jesus. And we remember that Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives in front of the temple area. Do you remember? So this is very important. This setting is very important. But when you see the abomination of desolation, or another translation says the awful horror, the awful horror, I believe that some people who, at least many people who watch regularly horror movies, horror movies they are demonized. They are demonized by, by this spirit, which is called the awful horror. So, when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he, <laughs> do you see? Where he, the abomination of desolation, ought not to be, said Jesus. Mark 13.3, I just remind you again the setting. As Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, over against the temple. So when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, said some author later. This is not from original text. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, flee to the wilderness, which will be, we call it wilderness, but in reality it is a beautiful and absolutely harmonious nature, orchestrated and ordinated by God, creators himself. So he said, flee to the mountains, and later, by the way, later, believers in Jesus, they've been saved by fleeing to the mountains when Romans surrounded the city in order to destroy it. Verse 15, let the no one who is on the house top not go down. We, we do not do it, but during Jesus' time, there were many uh, house tops were places where people had been sitting and dining and meditating and praying. So it was an elevation point 
when they commit themselves to God. So what Jesus said, let those who are on a house top not go down, nor enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. So he says that we have to be in haste. We have to hastily escape from, from the destruction. And alas, for women who are pregnant, poor women, says Jesus, who are pregnant at this time, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, so it will be very destructive, unfortunately for those families with little children. Verse 18, pray that it may not happen in winter, because if destruction will come during the winter season, Jesus said, do not even come back to the house to take your cloak, so people will be freezed to death because of that. They have to run as they are without any additional clothes. Verse 19, for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. My question to you, if you believe that a certain group of people will be raptured. By the way, rapture is not a journey to heaven. Rapture, according to the Bible, it is elevation to certain point on air to meet Jesus who is coming down. We are coming up to the air, Jesus coming down, we meet each other and together land to the Temple Mount area. That's what is called rapture, strictly according to the biblical text. So all those false theories about being raptured to heaven and escape test. Why should we escape test if this test has been orchestrated and ordinated by God Almighty to test my and your faith? Just think about that. It is absolutely insane not healthy and not biblical theory created by church fathers. Why? Because they wanted to expel from our focus even the name of Israel, even the name of the Temple Mount as the holiest site on planet Earth. That is why. Instead they created artificial theory about certain heaven areas. By the way, heaven is not necessarily up. Heaven also down, heavens on the left, heavens on the right. Heavens basically it is a spiritual abode, spiritual abyss, endless space where human souls are being stored until second coming of Christ and resurrection. Also heavens are place where angels exist and dwell, those spirits exist and dwell. There, there is a righteous part in heavens uh, which is called Abraham's bosom, Abraham's bosom. Do you remember about Lazarus and, and wicked uh, rich man? Jesus spoke in a parable. So Lazarus had been delivered by angels into the Abraham's bosom where righteous souls are stored until second coming of Christ and resurrection. And there are wicked uh, people, chambers, where they are tortured until second coming when they will present themselves to the final judgment. So, we have to always examine our beliefs and do not believe into fairy tales created by rebellious and deceptive uh, so-called theologians. Uh, so, 
For in those days there will be such tribulation that has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord, says Jesus, if the Lord, merciful, compassionate, and loving Lord, Yahweh, our Daddy, if the Lord had not cut short the days, those days, Aharit Hayamim, last days of tribulation, no human being would be saved. So we're talking here about salvation. We are salvation army and we're talking here about salvation. So salvation will be for those who will persevere the trial times of the great tribulation. That's what Jesus speaks here about. We have to understand it. We have to ground our faith strictly on his words. But, said Jesus, for the sake of the elect, you, do you know that you are elected by the Lord God Almighty, Holy One of Israel? You are elected for his purposes. You are elected for his kingdom. You are elected to face eternity with his beloved son, Jesus. And I believe I am too. We are elected. We are here, I am here talking to you and you are here listening to me, not because I am the most smart or the most wise or the most educated, no. We are conversing with each other or at least you listening to me because we are elected by God. It is solely by His choice, it is solely by His will, it is solely by His plan that we are here together. And Jesus, that is why Jesus said, but for the sake of the elect, whom the Lord God chose, he shortened the days. He always brings a perfect measure. He brings a perfect measure of testing our faith. He brings a perfect measure of the grace or mercies. He is a father of many mercies. But he is also a father of judgment. He is a father of perfect discipline. When he disciplines me and you, he brings this discipline in a perfect measure, which is necessary to me and to you to be corrected and to be opened for his plan, for his future, for his way, not for my way or your way, but for his way. That is why he always does everything in a perfect measure. That is why he, Jesus said he shortened those days of final tribulation. And then, verse 21, and then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise. They already had been risen, false Christs and false prophets and false teachers and false theologians who teach us to this crooked theories of rapture, crooked theories of our destiny. But we have to be on our guard, said Jesus. We have to examine everything strictly through the prism of the biblical books, 
from the beginning from the book of uh, Genesis or Breishit till the end through the book of Revelation and do not ever build our beliefs on one or two verses taken out of context from apostolic letters like book of Corinthians for example we've talked about last week so why those false Christs and false prophets will arise said Jesus and perform perform science and wonders we should never trust any teacher or prophet or or someone else who claims that he is great because he does those signs or wonders we should not trust people on the basis of their signs or wonders we should examine what they say to us directly and strictly through the bible otherwise we will be seduced caught into performance of those wonders and signs and led astray that's what jesus says here for false christ and false prophets will rise and perform signs and wonders to lead you and me astray and if you will turn on uh, internet today you will see many teachers many so-called prophets who will try to catch you by their signs or by their wonders if possible if possible said jesus they will try to lead astray the elect us the elect but be on guard said jesus do not trust right away to anyone but examine him or her through the bible through the whole bible through the whole book that's what means be on guard i have told you all things beforehand said jesus so what he said will happen exactly as he said in this chapter 13. now do you remember i told you that uh, jesus personified the abomination of desolation or another translation says he personified the awful horror this angel or archangel this general destroyer who will come and step at the temple mount so what means abomination abomination speaks about a detestable thing absolutely god abhors those things he calls which he calls abomination it's he speaks about idols or things pertaining to idolatry so this awful horror angel he causes you and me to attach ourselves to idolatry what is idolatry idolatry basically anything what elevates itself above god's truth above god's word above god's commandments above god's plans and future and hope if we build our hope on money we are idolaters if we build our hope and security on other people we are idolaters if we build our faith on false theories of deceptive teachers and prophets we are idolaters because we elevate their deceptive teachings above god's truth in his word and it is detestable to jesus he hates that 
with all his soul, with all his nature. And what is desolation? Desolation, it is a result of abomination. Any idolatry leads to destruction. Why God will cause those events of great tribulation to come upon the earth? Because of abomination, which almost occupied the whole space on planet earth. Prince, prince of the air, prince of this world, Satan. He occupied millions of people, their minds. He misguided them and deceived them with those false theories or with those idolatrous practices. That is why God will bring this desolation, a ruining factor, a factor of destruction and also a factor of testing of who we truly are. No one, that is why I say, after abomination always follows desolation. Those people among Christians who believe in rapture, they do not admit and celebrate even one appointed time of the Lord, but instead they celebrate pagan holidays. Year by year they go to meet sunrise. This practice is fully detestable for Jesus because this practice came from Babylon and from Egypt where sun God, S-U-N God, have been their God, sun worshippers. That came exactly from the practice of worshipping the sun. I'm telling you, every springtime many Christians go to meet sunrise. They even call that sunrise service. We go today to the meetings in churches when? On Sunday, not S-O-N day, but S-U-N day. We believe that day of the sun is a holy day today. Just think about that, how abominable this practice is, how detestable this fact is for Jesus, most holy one of Israel. If you will open Christian commentaries, in many commentaries you even would not find of the name of Israel. The land, holy land of Israel is called in Christian commentaries as Palestine, where this name came, Palestine. Palestine is absolutely artificial name, not historically based, Romans embedded. Pagan Roman Empire embedded and renamed the holy land. Palestine in order to expel Israel from memory of people, from the knowledge of people and to misdirect focus of millions of people. Just think about that, why church today follows the path of haters of Israel, of haters of the truth Roman Empire lead. What is desolation also? Desolation means to despoil one, to strip his or her treasures, which means that desolation it is a process when God undresses us from any pagan cloth of deception, of crookedness and lie. Basically, he makes us bare naked 
to come before him. Do not have any covers of deception. Do not have any covers of the bondage. He makes us as newborn children who come into this world naked. In this sense, nakedness is a state, virgin state of the beginning of changes which will come upon the earth upon the face of the earth for every human being even for dead people they will be taken back scripture teaches us that even sea and oceans will release dead people who drowned long time ago in order to present themselves before judge supreme judge supreme court of most holy one Jesus Christ who will sit at the throne on the temple mount to judge the nations according to their deeds not their words but deeds and actions and just for encouragement just for encouragement just for shifting a little bit a gear just for us to be more supported by the truth from the Lord remember I told you that first gospel writer is not Matthew, is not Mark, is not Luke and John. The first gospel writer is Isaiah, Yeshiyahu. He brings to us this good news about saving and supportive King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 and 3, we read, When you, you and me, when you walk through the fire so what's gonna happen during the tribulation the whole earth will be surrounded with fire do you know that scripture teaches us that there will be rain of asteroids those heavenly bodies coming down to earth the asteroid with the size of a middle house not the biggest one house one asteroid will cause damage if it will be exploded in the air will cause damage more than a nuclear bomb atomic bomb in nagasaki or hiroshima more damage will be caused by one asteroid what gonna happen if will be thousands of asteroids another asteroid with the size of the football field will wipe completely off the huge city like new york that's how destructive power will come upon the face of the earth during the great tribulation but isaiah comforts us with these verses he says when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze why for i am a sustainer of all things a giver of life to every creature for i am the lord your and my personal god the holy one of israel not holy one of palestine but the holy one of israel your savior and my savior because of that we will walk through the fires even falling down from heavens we will walk through the fires caused by the 
processes on earth. We will walk through the fires of trials, invincible. We will not be burned because our Lord God, our Holy One of Israel is my and yours Savior. May these verses will bring comfort. May these verses will strengthen you and give you courage to persevere and to move along any trials in our lives and to reach the final destination of celebration of ultimate victory with our victorious King Jesus Christ who will come as a son of David, conquering King, conquering victor. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just read amazing verses from uh, book of Isaiah chapter 43 where there is wonderful promise. Yes, there will be fires. Yes, there will be flames around us. There will be a fiery rain of those asteroids. But we rely on you because you are my and everybody else personal Lord, personal God, creators, personal Holy One of Israel personal Savior who came to save me and to save everyone who is watching and who is not watching but placing his hope in you. We know that you are with us, Immanuel, Immanuel, those strong ones who are with us every moment of our lives. <coughs> Please forgive me and forgive everyone who is watching and not watching when we are rebelliously, stubbornly choose our ways. Please give us wisdom and sensitivity to your correction, to your discipline, and also please give us openness for your encouragement and for your support and for your help. And with you we will conquer everything because you are the most holy one, the Elion, God above any gods. In your precious name, Jesus, I am praying. Thank you for watching, thank you for your patience, thank you for your openness to hear something which you haven't heard before maybe. If you have been disturbed, do not worry. Take the Bible again and read it attentively. Read it from the beginning till the end. Do not stay only in apostolic letters. Because apostolic letters, basically, it is just part of the Bible. And we cannot build our faith on this part only. Yes, they are very supportive, they are very precious, those books, but it's not the foundation of foundations of our faith only. Always add what Isaiah says, always add what Jeremiah says, always add what Ezekiel says. Be a beacon of light. May God will bless you. May God shine upon you by his countenance. And may God give you his peace, shalom, and be a light to people around you. Thank you.